0: Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. Welcome. My name is Areli, one of the pastors here. And this is Thanksgiving weekend. Do you know that 46 million turkeys were eaten in the U.S. alone on Thanksgiving Day? What about this? 80 million pumpkin pies. I think my family and I had contributed some to this numbers, including my dog. She did. Do you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you eat turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes? Maybe something green, just green drama, green casserole. I did. I had a really nice Thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving was nothing like the way it is now. And I'm not here to talk about a history class, because maybe if you have an elementary school kid, you have heard about it for the last two weeks. But the truth is that it is the year 1620, and 102 pilgrims left Plymouth, England some of them, to find religion freedom, and they arrived in Massachusetts in late November. And after they gave thanks in a prayer service, they started building shelters. Shelters that were not ready for the weather. And before spring came, half of them were already dead. But Early in the winter season, they declare a three-day feast to celebrate and give thanks to the Lord and celebrate it with their Indian friends. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. And Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5:18 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ, Jesus. And our pilgrims, friends, did just that. They went thankful and gave thanks to the Lord. I'm going to tell you a story. There were two men ready to run the race in Pamplona, Spain, calling the running of the bulls. Anyone familiar with it? Yep. This race is going to be our next one, ladies, you know? (laughs) This This race is in Pamplona, Spain, and intends to let 12 bulls loose, run loose, while you run in front of the bulls. Isn't that fun? It sounds really, really fun. Well, there are, Juan and Jose, they're right there. You know, and they're running. And they start running the race. And all of a sudden, a bull is catching. Do you have the picture of them? There is Juan and Jose. They're running. Look at them. Look at them. They're they're catching up. And Juan looks and says, Jose, Jose, ándale, rápido, rápido. Can you please pray? And he said, what do you mean? Pray, pray, please pray. I have never made a public prayer in my whole life. I don't know how to do that. Well, can you see this? It's a bull and it's you up. So, what are we going to do? Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to do the only thing and the only prayer I have heard my mom pray before. And he said, Oh, Lord, for we are going to receive right now, about to receive right now. Inner prayer. Let us and make us be thankful. So, here it is. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. How many of you know that I love coffee? Lots of you. Good. I'm going to tell you something about myself. If you're a guest today, by now you know that English is my second language. My first language is Spanish. And when I was learning English, thanks to my dear friend Julieta, and teacher, I learned something about English-speaking people. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes they emphasize something by using the word love something they like and something they dislike by using the word hate in Spanish those two words have a really strong meaning love and hate so we don't use them like that but in English you do so I do not love oranges I like them you know I like oranges I like to eat them they have a lot of vitamins Alan son, right there he doesn't hate asparagus he dislikes them very 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 much because love, according to the dictionary, it is an intensive feeling of deep affection and attachment to someone. I love coffee. <laughs> I am thankful for coffee. I drink it for the sake of the world first, and then for my family. <laughs> um thank you, Jen, for that picture that you sent me. Um I was going to do a fast. Jeff and I were going to fast for our upcoming building project, and I said, "You know what? This time I'm going to fast. I'm not going to drink coffee as well." And he said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa wait a minute. What? What do you want, Jeff and I? I mean, Alan and I to pay for your fast?" No, that is totally not. Call it addiction. Call it whatever you want to call it. I like a fresh brew hot, dark, roast, black, no toppings, coffee. And I'm very thankful for it. And it took me three cups of coffee to come up with today's, today's, uh, whatever he said, I didn't hear. Uh, It took me three cups of coffee to come up with today's theme message. And I call it, Savor Your Coffee three cups three cups so i'm gonna use three cups and i'm just gonna use jesus the main character of the my favorite book the bible to see how he gave thanks okay good first cup jesus gave thanks for food he did sorry this excuse jesus made 20 Four public prayers in the gospel. Twelve of them are prayers of Thanksgiving. Ten ten of them are prayers for food. And only one is recorded in the four gospels. And is the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is at the peak of his ministry. A lot of people are following him. He had a tough time with the Jewish leaders because he healed a lame man here in the Sabbath. And now he's going to cross the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And all these people are coming to follow him. And we're going to pick this story, even though it's in the four Gospels, on John chapter 6. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So pick up your Bible. There are some on the side. Take your phone or whatever you are using. No Ablo device. No device for me. Um, He is right there. The Defeating of the 5,000, and it says this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miracle signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we vibrate to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, spoke up. There is a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with all this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the greasy slopes. The men alone number about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Jesus knew that people were hungry. The disciples told him that their resources were nonexistent. But with attitude of gratitude, he became the source behind the substance. And he gave thanks. And the hand of God was revealed as he gave thanks. See, he took a kid's lunchable. Think about it. Took a kid's lunchable. And he prayed. And you know why he did that? The scripture tells us why. Because he intended to use these limited resources to fill multitudes. And he gave thanks for whatever was given to him. Little that was given to him. And he passed it to the disciples. And the disciples passed it to the crowd. And as they broke off the bread, the miracle was happening in front of their nose. The hand of God was there. Because God intended to provide for his people through whatever channel open for him to do so. Do you see the miracle? So when we receive the food, it is not to take him lightly to say grace. It is not to say, oh, well, thank you for the food Amen. I've done that. What is in front of you is given from God. And he cares. Jesus tells me right there that he cares for the nourishment of people. That he cares for what you are going to receive. For the bread that you are going to eat. Because the bread of life himself gave thanks for the bread. And that is a good cup of coffee. It was good. So, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. In all circumstances. Whether you have little or you have a lot. You don't want to miss the miracle. You don't want to miss the miracle. So that was cup number one. Cup number two more coffee. (laughs) It says right there that Jesus uh, said, Thank you for an answer prayer. So, thank you for answer prayers. I want you to picture Lazarus' story. We all are familiar with it. Yeah. If not, you will in a second. Lazarus is dead. Jesus is not in town, and he will take two days to come because someone told him that his friend Lazarus had died, and Mary and Martha are very, very, very sad. So Jesus comes and is in front of the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and with tears running down his face, he asks people to remove the stone. And the tension escalated. what is what Jesus do? He is right there and he's in front and when the, the stone removed, all people are watching. and what did he do? He lifted his head, his eyes to the heavens. to talk to the Father, the source of power and hope. He didn't want to look at the crowd because they were all unbelieving people. So he didn't want to look at them. He looked up. And let's see what he says in John 11. John 11, is started on verse, 40, verse 41. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it aloud for the sake of all these people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. See, his thanksgiving expressed the unshaken assurance that God heard and answered. His prayer, because prayer, friends, is a privilege, but an answer prayer is a blessing. God says in Jeremiah 33:3, you don't have to go there. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come, says the Lord. So Jesus, talk to the Father. And thank him in front of a tomb of a man that he was dead. And he knew the Lord was going to hear him. And not just hear him, but answer his prayer. I'm going to tell you a story, and some of them, they already know it to deal with it. Uh, Maybe three years ago, I went on a hunt on Facebook for a lady. This lady was my neighbor when I was a little girl. I was probably seven when they built their home in the corner of my street back in Mexico. I remember playing on the construction site. Went up the stairs, jumped to the gravel, and saying, we don't do that anymore, huh? No, a lot of problems. Times had changed. Shh. I did that a lot. This lady, when they moved there, her name is She invited my sister to a vacation Bible school. My sister accepted Christ in the vacation Bible school. And the legacy of my family was forever changed. So, Ener became my mom's best friend. She was a lot younger than her. Uh, Waldo, the doctor, the husband, became that's really close friend. And we were at the church almost every night. There was always something going on. I'm here almost every night. I'm just, just kidding. Ah. So we were there. And my mom got sick with cancer. And she couldn't go to church much anymore. And the church was at my house almost every night. And in there, and my mom pray. And they pray, and they pray. And those are little memories I have in my mind. How much my mind prayed with her friend, and They had a lot of coffee, too. And they drink coffee, and they pray. So three years ago, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I will find her. And guess what I did? I found her on Facebook. And then I private messaged her, and I say, hey, you know what? I'm so glad to find you. I don't remember my mom much, but looking through her pictures back then make me think about my mom and this is what she said so translated but it says you're not going to be able to read that but i will read it for you so i said to her what a joy to be able to recall the times of my childhood from seeing the garza family photos the truth is that the memories i have of my mother are very few and vague but seeing those photos of you all and the garza garcia family causes me to remember My mother, Korean greetings, me. This is what she said. The joy is mine to greet you, Arelita. Nobody here can call me Arelita. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you that your mother was a brave woman and an example for everyone that had the privilege of knowing her. I remember, above all, the passion she had for our Lord, Even in the most difficult times of her sickness, she was always steadfast and hopeful in God. She was a woman filled with God's love. In every moment, her children were always present in her prayers. And it gave me such a joy to see in every one of you all her answer, prayer. How beautiful it is to be able to see The faithfulness of God in all of her family. Hugs and blessing. See, my mother never saw us married. Ever. Not our children. So nine kids, not even one married. Didn't see that I have a brother who is a pastor. Didn't see that we all serve in the church. Almost all serve in the church. But my mother didn't stop praying. When things were bad. My mother didn't stop praying. When she was not healed from cancer. Because she said one day. I'm going to be healed. The day I am in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be healed. Because why did he do that? Why did she do that? How could she do that? Because when you have a mission. And a purpose. And you know it in your heart. Nothing. That comes in front of you. Will stop you. To do what you're called to do. Suffering, my friends, is okay. We are not here just to enjoy happiness with the Lord. He never promised that to us. Never, ever, ever. Helen, you are a testimony of that suffering. Ron, you are a testimony of that suffering for me. Ali, you are. Because you suffer with joy. Because you know where your mission is and nothing. Is gonna stop you. And my mother did that. But guess what? Jesus in front is in front of a tomb of the man that is dead, and the lamb, name, man becomes alive. Many of us are dead in our spirit. We just need to come in front of Jesus to become alive. So that was my second cup of coffee. Cup number three, Jesus. Say thank you for the cross at the Last Supper. Let's read Luke 22. Started on verse 14. When the time came. Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this. And share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again. Until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread. And gave thanks. To God for it. Then he broke it in pieces. And gave it to the disciples saying. This is my body. Which is given for you. Do this to remember. me." After supper. He took another cup of wine. And said. This cup. Is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus and the disciples are at the Passover celebration. It's just not a Thanksgiving meal. It has a lot of sentimental meaning, the Passover celebration. He has been doing this for maybe 32 years now. And he says something that is about to change the meaning of Passover forever. He's about to fulfill Passover. He's about to become, as John the Baptist said in John chapter 1 for our Bible study group. John chapter 1. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's going to come and do just that. Jesus himself is going to change the meaning of Passover. And there will not be Passover celebration ever again. Because he says he is very eager to have this meal with them. Why? Because he knows what is coming. He cannot wait to finish and fulfill his mission. He's going to the cross to become the sin of all these people. So all these people can become the righteousness of God. And he knows and he cannot wait. So he breaks the bread and he gave thanks. And says, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood. The new covenant. No moral covenant. You have to have an, a panoramic view of the Bible to understand this covenant that is started in Genesis with Abraham and then was defined in Exodus when the Lord ransoms his people from Egypt. All covenant. And Jesus comes and he says, Here I am. I'm going to be the Lamb. And a lamb and execution was needed to pay for the price of our sin. God, in his love, will give his only son for us. So communion shouldn't be taken lightly when you break the bread in your mouth and when you drink the juice that represents his blood we know that this is the new covenant. Because Lord, the Lord gave us his son for that. But he also gave us this promise that I want all of us to read. In Jeremiah 31. Started on base, verse 31. So let's go to Jeremiah 31. And I want you to pay attention to a repetitive phrase that is in here. So I'm going to read. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them. As a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people, and they will no need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should now the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their weakness, and I will never again remember their sins. What phrase do you see coming over and over again? God the Father says, I will. I will. I will. I will fix this. I will forget this. I will rectify this. And Jesus comes to the Passover celebration, breaks the bread and drinks the wine, and says, it is my blood through which all these I will promises will come to pass. Boy, what this a great cup of coffee for me. The third one was like, really? That's Thanksgiving news. Those were Thanksgiving news for me sitting right there on my chair. Because the Lord says, I did it. It is finished. Those three words gave me freedom. He's saying to his friends, I'm going to become your sin, And the Lord is going to forgive you through me. And you and I are going to spend eternity together. Being transformed by my blood. Do you take time to savor your coffee? Savor, you know, is more than the taste. It is the aroma. It means to relish, to appreciate, to delight in the Lord. It's not just to come and taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the Lord. We spend our life looking for things and more things. We live at a fast pace and forget to savor the moment and be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Today is the first Advent Sunday. Advent means coming, means expectation, means preparing. For the one who was, who is, and is to come. And as we come and as we prepare for Christmas, the day Jesus was born, we need to be thankful for his sacrifice as well. We cannot leave the baby in a manger because that main baby became a man and became the Passover lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and as I finish and I savor my coffee I want to reflect on this video that we are going to watch and they are going to turn the lights I want you to to think how are you going to celebrate Christmas this year then Kevin is going to come and he's going to talk about the prayer service before the service and then the worship team will come and I will close in prayer. So let's watch as I drink this coffee. I'm just going to ask Kevin to come and tell us um, what happened at the prayer service.
1: Thankful for coffee, for great <laughs> teachers. Corelli. Um, this morning there was a there was a picture of this uh, lamb, this sort of sleeping lamb. And the verse that went with it was uh, Psalm 3, talking about the Lord watching over us even while we sleep. Um, and uh, the sense I had was that was the the lamb is, is sort of like Lazarus. Um, Jesus referred to Lazarus as, as sleeping. He was going to go and wake him up. And um, so the sense was that he wanted to uh, speak gently to the lamb. Gently uh, wake him up and uh, call him to himself. Mm-hmm. So may- maybe there's somebody here today who feels like you're that lamb and the Lord wants to gently wake you. you maybe you feel dead inside. Maybe you just feel like you're n- you're not aware of uh, the surroundings, but the Lord is watching over you and he wants to uh, gently awaken you. Um, secondly, there was just this picture of um, an unexpected weather front. And uh, the sense was that it, it was it was kind of like a warning. Um, wasn't sure if it was it was a good thing coming or or a bad thing coming, but but this unexpected um, thing. And um, so I had a sense that uh, the the verse Aureli mentioned in Jeremiah about um, asking about um, the, these unknown secrets that that God was going to reveal these unknown secrets that the Lord is showing you that there there's this weather front coming, uh, so something unexpected, and that, um, you know, I, I think he just wants to speak to you through that. Um, so anyway, if that makes sense to you, you can come up and, and talk to our, our prayer team. We'd love to pray with you, uh, as well as pray with you for anything else.
0: Thank you, Kevin. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and I'm going to ask you to meditate on this coffee it really is the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to think, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you have been missing all this coffee. I want you to delight in the Lord. So we are going to worship and I'm going to come back and we're going to pray. Maybe you're suffering right now, not with joy. I want you to Reflect on that. Maybe you don't have enough time to delight in the Lord because you are in a really fast pace. So let's worship. Let's stand up. Let's worship. And then I will close in prayer.